Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing You're So Brave, I Couldn't, by Two Languish, featuring my pal, Yona Viberg, on guitar and vocals. I was born in a small town that's uh, roughly uh, one hour north of Stockholm, which is the capital of Sweden. Uh, it's called Norrtälje, and it's like uh, a small countryside town, I would say. Kind of small, but still pretty close to Stockholm. So, yeah, that's where I was born. Uh, and I was growing up together with my mom and dad, and I had two siblings. Uh, I had a younger sister and an older brother. Um, <laughs> I don't know much more to add about that. <laughs> right. Did you usually get along with your siblings, or was it like sometimes you did and sometimes you didn't? Uh, I would say when we were younger, we got along really well, but you know, uh, you fall through always like with your siblings like you get into fights and stuff but it was never like serious stuff but you know you get into fights about silly stuff <laughs> yeah yeah of course um what did your parents do for a living um i don't know the english word for this wait uh, yeah okay so my dad he works like with concrete Okay. He like builds the foundations uh, with it, at buildings like construction. Different from yeah, exactly. He's yeah. in construction and uh-huh. does the the concrete stuff. Um, being part of China, uh, all from small to big uh, projects, like uh, all from like uh, concert venues to bank stuff or airports and stuff. And my mother, she uh, works at a bank. Uh, I would say she's like the person responsible for helping people to manage to take loans and like um, be like a personal accountant, mm-hmm. how you would say, and how people invest in like uh, stocks and stuff. Uh-huh. Did you get to? Um, did you ever get to go to? one of your dad's like um building sites like did you ever go to uh like that concert hall that you that you talked about like um either before or after uh not when he was building it but i know this building that he constructed i know it's it sounds maybe like he's the one who built it but like there's was so many people of course yeah it's like one of the biggest most famous uh uh places in Stockholm it's very characteristic because it looked like a giant golf ball <laughs> and it's called the globe <laughs> okay and yeah th- there's all from like big music events and big sport events happening there I've been to several different stuff there like you can watch uh, hockey games or whatever oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever play there <laughs> no, no, not it's yet. Way too big. Too way too not big. Way okay. Too, okay. too big for screamo. <laughs> oh, okay, because I know that like uh, Stockholm Straight Edge does like a, a like a really or you know they usually do like a really big fest or something. I didn't know how you know how big the place was or how big that fest was. So I figured I'd ask because you know you never know. I guess you know. 
Yeah, um, but I've been to a lot of their shows, and like over the years, they had like a lot of uh, different venues from smaller punk venues to like bigger, uh, how would you say, uh, like culture house buildings. Yeah. Did for like the bigger sort of festival things. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, So going back to like, when you were younger, like what what sort of things were you interested in? Were you interested in music like as long as you can remember, or wh- did you have like other passions before you discovered music? Uh, the weird thing with me, I would say I discovered music kind of late in my life. I would say it wasn't until I was like fifteen or sixteen until I started playing music. But like I was really interested in in music before that, but. Um, when I was younger, I was uh, very occupied with uh, all kinds of sports. I tried, I think, most of everything. Okay. <laughs> Going from, uh, yeah, I did like tennis, table tennis. Uh, I did like uh, doing these like marathon runs. Um, and I ended up playing bowling as my sort of main sport until I was like 16 or 17 and I was like I would say I was pretty good at that yeah did you enter like uh, competitions and stuff yeah like uh, I would say biggest achievement during my years of playing bowling I like um, when you play in a like team of three person we together won like the, the junior championship of sweden so that's kind of quite an achievement yeah. i would say yeah yeah that's awesome it's a pretty big tournament yeah then. yeah yeah but uh, i would say like in the end of all that i felt like okay i know this stuff but uh, it feels like i'm not um, i'm not growing in this i'm not having so much fun anymore and i sort of thought, okay, why not stop when you're pretty good at it? Because uh, I didn't feel so much for it. I stopped feeling passionate about it. Yeah. And that, that's sort of where I started. wanted to always play music, but uh, I never just got into it because I was so occupied with doing sports all over time. I was always doing so much training in the weeks and there were like uh, league games or competitions in the weekend. So I was pretty much always busy during these years. Yeah. Is that something that, like, do you feel like that was uh, pushed on you like during school and stuff like to participate in sports like over like like music programs or whatever or like no, I wouldn't say that. It was not like pushed from school oh, okay. or stuff. It was more like my dad was always a big fan of sports and ah. stuff. Um, we did all kinds of activities as kids together with him, but my dad was like more uh, into like, um, he was mainly playing like hockey and he was doing like, the, um, what is it called? Mm. Yeah, the sort of, not wrestling, but you know, <laughs> when wrestling. you fight in a ring. And, no, not wrestling, but you know, when you try to push over the other guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know the, the English word because my internet is failing. On my yeah. Computer. Well, I mean, there's there's like wrestling, like, like you would do wrestling like in school, like in... Like exactly. as a sport, but then there's like what people think of when they think of wrestling. They usually think of like the stuff that's on TV and how, you know, I mean, that's very, a very yeah. different thing. So, yeah, um, it, it, yeah, I would say it's not American wrestling, but you know, when yeah. you imagine back in, in Greece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ancient Greece. <laughs> yeah, competitive. Yeah, but that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, I wouldn't say I was pushed into sports, but uh, it was something that grew on me and I wanted to try things over the years, but it felt like uh, I never really stuck with one thing. I was doing one thing and 
then I never felt like fully satisfied with it and I got interested in something else and tried something else and like the last thing I did was like doing bowling and then I quit it to sort of just focus on doing music instead because that was the most interesting thing yeah. for me at that point. Yeah. Well, say so I use the word push, I guess. Like it sounds like I it sounds it sounds more like um manipulative or something than I meant for it to sound. Like what I mean is like in the states, you know, usually it's like um the school like the school system itself will be like they'll really want you to participate in a sports program or they'll really want you to participate in a music program and they they hinge a lot of your academic success on like the groups you're in in school and so they they try to you know move you along these lines and um i just was asking that because i you know i i was interested in how you know your school upbringing might have been different so yeah it sounds like you kind of just did you know what you were uh feeling like you want to do at the time and you know you had like encouragement and stuff but not the same as like there's people here you know they're just like they just go to the games and just screaming at their kids to like you know like yeah i know, know exactly what you're it, it's, meaning yeah it's 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 way too like here it definitely is like a, sometimes you know a, a, a much more like forceful thing but um yeah um so you said that you kind of um it was around 15 when you kind of were like well you know i'm not having the same you know joy uh bowling as i used to and you started discovering music like how how did you start discovering music yeah uh, like uh, i would say i was uh, during these years i was also very active into skateboarding so oh, okay. uh, i would say i discovered a lot of i would call it like alternative and punk music from like all the people you met when you hang out at skating spots and like yeah and so i guess and i saw like a lot of other people who were skating were also like playing in bands and stuff and it sort of made me interested to like really try it out for once because i really yeah i thought it, it uh, spoke to me in some way uh-huh Did, um so what do you what are the first bands that you can remember being like getting like really into oh crap that's a <laughs> <laughs> is it embarrassing that's or <laughs> uh, crap i can't remember the oh, name but like it's it's those oh uh, those crappy skate no i wouldn't say crappy but those like ska punk bands that all skateboarders listens to okay. i can't remember the name Okay. That's sort of where it started off, but like, even at this age, I was listening to a lot of other kinds of things. I was like, a lot into black metal and other heavy kind of music. So I sort of was pushed more into the punk music when I discovered other people in the skating groups. Uh huh. Did you like? Was it? As soon as you started getting really interested in music, you said you meet you were meeting people who were playing in bands already. So was that like uh, immediately a goal that you wanted to pursue? Yeah, I would say so. Like I thought, oh shit, these people are so cool. I want to play music too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Yeah. You know, you see a people, a person. Uh, play music and do skateboard I uh, I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world at that age <laughs> yeah for sure um, how did you get your first musical instrument well um, I would say I, after I was uh, uh, sure I wanted to start playing music I knew from start I wanted to play guitar so I just felt like the start setup that everyone starts with like a super crappy guitar and a super crappy amp and took it from there uh -huh. <laughs> and you start playing these uh, super old songs and yeah I, I 
pretty much played for a really long while alone before starting to play with friends or people, I would say. Uh-huh. How were you how were you learning? Like were you how were you teaching yourself how to play? Just you said you were playing like, you know, old crappy songs or whatever. Were you like uh learning by tabs or learning by ear or yeah, I was self-taught, so yeah, you had the internet, so everything is on there, and I learned from YouTube and everything, and I learned how to read, uh, yeah, the tablature and how to, yeah, how to play songs from there. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first song you learned how to play? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like uh, "Fear of the Dark" with Iron Maiden. <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't make it exactly easy on yourself, but uh, <laughs> no, because yeah. I loved that intro in, intro picking part, and I was like, okay, I don't care if this is tricky to start with. I need to learn this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, once you get through something like that, then other stuff is going to seem, you know, like a walk in the park. Um, so yeah. Um, so you said you played for a while before you um, started playing with other people. Uh, at what point did you start like trying to be in bands, and what was it like, like um, when you were putting together your first band or joining your first band? Uh, I would say it was like really tricky to find people to actually play with because uh, I had to keep in mind I come from like a super small town where there's not many people playing music and I would say even less people who played the kind of music I wanted to play but eventually I found some people through internet and started jamming and rehearsing through through that. Mm -hmm. And this, um, so like your first band, did you... um get all the way to the point where you were like writing songs together and playing shows or did that take a couple i I, I would say it took like one or two bands until we actually started playing live shows but yeah when i tried to start playing with other people yeah you it's hard when you never played with other people at first and it kind of felt really discouraging i would say at start because you didn't understand everything, but uh, eventually you figured out stuff, how how to play together with other people and write stuff together. Yeah, yeah. So um, what was your first show like? What was the situation like when you played your first show? Um, I would say it's like... Uh, it was like a super small culture building okay. and they, they were doing like, uh, it was like the next town to where I live. So it was like an even smaller remote town than the one I live in. Oh. Uh, and we were, and sort of my friend were putting up a show there. So my band sort of felt ready to try play our first show and we asked if he could do it. So yeah, it was terrifying to play the first show. And did you just like know did you know a couple bands at that point and you just asked them to, to play or did you just rent the place and, and you played like your band played or no, it was my friend who who was uh, doing like a charity event sort of stuff, and oh, she okay. was gonna have have some bands that were gonna help to uh, uh, raise money for uh, homeless people. I think it was okay. And uh, we, we, yeah, and they would need like one local band that could play there. So we asked if if it was okay for us to play there. Yeah. So you said you were really nervous, but like. Um, while you were doing it, like, and like afterwards, like, how did it, how did it make you feel? During the um, first show, I would say it was the most awful thing in my life because I had never been so nervous and I was so afraid I would fuck up every single note, but I guess it went pretty okay for a first show, you know, you fuck up a little bit, but that's that was everyone does, but afterwards, when like um, 
the adrenaline went down for a bit, I I thought to myself like, oh shit, I want to do this even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's usually that's usually the way I think it goes. I have had people say like, you know, that they just don't like playing shows, you know, and I I totally I guess you know like. I understand that as well, like, and uh, I respect that as well. But, like, yeah, it's um, I don't know. I like, you know, the, after the first show, I, I just feel like that's the way I I felt. I was just like, when can I do this again? You know? Yeah, and then you had the exact same feelings for like the other ten first shows. Like during you playing, it was most awful thing in the world because you were so nervous but eventually you got you got used to it <laughs> yeah yeah and, that, and in the end there was only good feelings about playing live and yeah. sort of you got more comfortable playing in front of people so it was a learning experience I would say. yeah Did that band, um, did you do recordings as well, or were you just like mostly like playing no, shows? That, and... Yeah, that band didn't end up doing any recordings, but uh, we did kind of a lot of shows. Yeah. But we neither ended up hitting a studio to record the songs. Yeah. What was the first band that you played in where you uh, got to do a recording? I would say it was my first band, my first screamo band. It was called Vivre Saville. Oh, okay. Um, I played, yeah, I'm not sure if you heard yeah, about yeah. it. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. So uh, it took actually some years before I got into a band that actually ended up in a studio. So, yeah, I would say that is the first proper recordings that I actually did. Okay. And, um, what was it about that band specifically that was so different from like the other bands that you were in to where you were able to just like as a group like you're able to focus and and start making things like that happen i would say it's a mix of different things um both like you come across a point where you actually um, I'm not sure how to say it, but like uh, you always had like a goal of what kind of music you wanted to play and, and there's uh, a journey there it takes a bit to get there both experience wise and like uh, skill wise but and sort of ended up with um that you're actually proud of the stuff that you wrote. And I would say, like, there was um, a good commitment from, like, all members of the band that uh, ended up in it being uh, good stuff in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it makes sense. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it totally does. I mean, it's, like, you know, what you're describing is is a combination of, like, 
the experience of each individual's like uh, time building up to that, and like just a like a collective like desire to to take it to the next level, you know, and um, exactly, and, and do something that like you can show show people uh, on a bigger scale, maybe, you know. Um, exactly. So what was that first recording experience like? Like what, um, what was the environment? Like what kind of space did you record in? And, and, uh, you know, how did everybody, um, feel about it? Uh, at that point we were recording at a friend's place. He was like working at a, a, youth center where they had like a studio where he was working and usually he did like classes for younger kids to help them learn how to record and play music and stuff and on the weekends he was doing like private projects so uh, we booked up with him and did like uh, a live recording so that was very different from what I did previously because I was um, practicing a lot before this, like, yeah, some years, like, I did a lot of home recording, so I never tried to do, like, uh, a live recording where everyone records at the same time in comparison to, like, doing track by track. Uh-huh. Did you find that yeah. easier, personally, or or did you, were you frustrated with that a little bit? I thought actually the experience was really good. I I think I prefer us recording this way rather than doing like separate stuff. Yeah. It's it's um the reason why I asked that the way I did is because you know it's it really depends on everyone in the band and how like comfortable everyone is with the material, you know, because like I've done live recordings where like everyone in the band is on the same page. And I've also done live recordings where you're not exactly. And so you can have an experience where one person kind of is having a hard time and it means that the rest of you all have to keep playing the song over and over, even though, yeah, exactly. you know, even though you may, you're like, well, I just, I just played it perfectly like five times in a row, but, we got to do it again, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it can, it can get to that point too, where like, okay, so the same person messed up four times and then on the fifth time you actually mess up and it's like, <laughs> damn it, you know? Um, but yeah, usually it's, I think people have the experience that you have where it's just, it feels so much better because it's like you really feed off the energy in the room and you just, you know, it's more like playing, at practice or a show or or something um, yeah exactly because like it feels like like you said everyone is on the same page and you feel confident and tied together while playing so like there's no stress no worry you just play and it ends up good i would say yeah um but you probably did you probably tracked vocals separately right yeah exactly we right. did that separately at least yeah um, were you doing like you said you were tracking stuff by yourself like at home or whatever um, so the first time when you went to track vocals like when here's all the music and you got the headphones on and then everybody else is just like in the other room like what was that like for you was it <laughs> actually in the actually in that first band I was not doing like the main vocals there was another person doing that but I was doing like the backup vocals but it was still oh it was <laughs> very nervous yeah like everyone sits in silence and stares at you and uh -huh. <laughs> hopes for you to do the right take and yeah it, I think it was the first time I recorded vocals as well so <laughs> it was kind of nervous yeah yeah, it's it's um, it's so weird. Like if you let yourself get too carried away in your head instead of just like doing it, then you just start thinking like, you know, there's somebody in the next room that doesn't even know that you're listening to music. 
You know, they just hear people. <laughs> somebody in the, in the other part of the building or whatever just hears somebody just screaming for no reason. And, you know, you can get really... Yeah, they're wondering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening? Um, but, yeah, um, that's, you know, overall that sounds like it was a really good experience. Um, were you able to tour at all with that band? Uh, we did some small stuff uh, around Sweden, at least. We did like a lot of shows in Sweden with this band. Uh, and we ended up being uh, invited to play Fluff the following year. But uh, there was like some uh, issues within the band that ended up with us splitting apart before actually doing that tour. We actually planned to do like a our first two, two and a half weeks tour and doing fluff and like all the typical uh, stuff yeah. around Europe. Yeah, that uh, when like uh, for people that, that aren't familiar with fluff, it's, it's like one of the, you know, bigger festivals for this kind of stuff uh, as far as like um, in that part of uh, the world go. And usually yeah. a, a band will have like a whole it'll be almost just like a circuit where you'll play all these you know there's like other kind of like pre-shows and stuff like that too exactly usually uh but yeah i've i've always wanted to do that maybe you know someday uh after um you know the world uh gets in a point where that kind of thing can happen again but um yeah um so you you kind of went straight from that band to uh to languish though right like it there wasn't it didn't feel like there was a lot of space between there there was actually some i would say i have to think a bit uh yeah oh crap i forgot actually to play in another band uh for this for uh, yeah Exactly. Uh, I played in another band that was actually in another part of Sweden that was called Totem Skin. I'm not sure if you. Oh heard yeah, of yeah. We helped. Yeah. We helped release um, one of the LPs, like the second press of one of the LPs. Yeah. But I don't think I think oh, we chatted yeah. about that before. I don't know if you played on that or not. I didn't. Nope. I didn't play. Yeah, on I first didn't think so. Record. Right. No, but I played on second record. Okay, were you playing in both those bands at the same time? Um, not really. Not really. Oh, so was, was that actually, in between? I would say it was like before Vivre Savi. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm messing oh, okay. up the timeline a bit oh, here. But, <laughs> no problem. But yeah, uh, uh, I was sort of from the first band that I was playing in, I actually played a show together with the people in Totem Skin. We ended up becoming friends. And after I um, quit my, we split up that band. And they was and they were ending up having problems with the tour. Like um, uh, their bass player could not uh, join them on like their. I think it was their second. Europe tour or something, and they were gonna play Mr. Stars or something. So they asked me because they seen me play for several shows. So they asked me if I wanted to help them to tour, help them play bass on that tour. So yeah, after that, I ended up uh, joining them for a bit, and uh, uh, I was part of doing. Uh, playing bass on their second LP, which we did in England at the ranch, I think it's called. Oh, okay. Uh, and you, so you did go on one tour with them? Uh, I would say two. Yeah, two? two. Okay. Well, so what was that? Was that first tour with them, was that the first time that you really, like, toured, like, for a like longer period of time or or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. would say that was my first proper touring experience. Yeah. And at least was... playing shows outside Sweden. Right. And what was that like? I would say it was a 
a big, big change from playing shows back in Sweden. Um, I'm not sure how to explain it, but like the atmosphere was so very different as soon as you stepped out of Sweden and you come across the plate in these super cool places. Uh, um, people were just mainly excited over seeing bands they never heard about before. Like in Sweden, it's so hard for people to come at shows. They like they refuse to show up at a show for a band they never heard. Like yeah, they want to be hardcore fans if they want to come see a band. But like uh, when I was on tour, like yeah, people just come for shows and they're surprised what they see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I did I definitely um I mean I can't speak to what it's like in Sweden but I um do you definitely do have that in some places in the states as well where you um where you'll play and it's kind of like people are they maybe they have a lot of shows in that area and so it's it, it either it's like well I w- I won't go to this show because I just went to other shows or if they do go sometimes it's just like they've been to so many shows maybe they feel a little bit like um burnout so then like when you go to you know Europe like I just feel like I didn't see that at all anywhere like everyone was just every show everyone was just like stoked to see music yeah. and uh, and it was yeah, it was really it was it was really different. Um I mean, don't get me wrong, there's obviously uh there's cities in the states where no matter where you go there, like it's just going to be it's going to be awesome, you know, but um you know, the ex- the experience of like uh you know, from being in one place where it, it seems like less enthusiastic than going somewhere where you just feel really welcome and part of something, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, so, um, once you did that first tour, was that like, did you feel like re really like reaffirmed? Like, yeah, this is where I've wanted to be. Like all the things that you were trying to do were finally like clicking or, yeah, I would say that this really encouraged me to like keep keep playing, and like I was just like super eager to to get back to like try get a new tour. So this kind of brings us back to uh, after um, I don't I don't I don't want to say the name wrong I I was trying to I was trying to catch the way you were pronouncing it but I uh, Vivres uh, I'm sorry how do you say it Vivres <laughs> okay yeah. Um, so, yeah so after that um, ended is where that's the point where you started. I remember you were trying to find people um, for yeah. two languish, and um, and in this case, I know that you specifically were like you were like no cis men, and I yeah don't, exactly don't get me wrong I I can completely get it, um, but I just wanted to ask you like you know what <clears throat> other than the obvious you know what specifically made it to where you were like this is really important like 
that? Was it like you wanted to um, be in a band with people that you could relate to on a on a level that you hadn't been able to up until that point, or like is that coming close, or was it? There's a lot more to it than that. I would say there was a lot of different kind of factors to this. Like, um, I would say the reason I wanted to stop playing together with Sisman because um, when I started playing with Vidra Saville, uh, I was still identifying as a as a cis male, I would say. But uh, when I started playing that band, uh, it was my really first time I met another transgender person and um, I think it's kind of surreal to like it's not until you are I think I was 23 or 24 until I had my first experience meeting another transgender person and this person was the singer of Bible Savil um, um, so yeah Bible Savil was like a really big point in my life where I started to question a lot of stuff about myself because uh, I had um, over like I would say all my childhood years and teenage years there was something so weird with me that I couldn't put my fingers on and when I started hanging around more with trans people and other queer people it just felt so obvious and so right to me but what was <laughs> the, the issue with me and mm-hmm. yeah it sort of helped me to understand that I was trans too so through that I get got the experience of coming out as a trans girl um, and after that project ended uh, that was kind of a big part of me uh, and somehow playing with uh, these people reassured me that I just wanted to be surrounded by this kind of people when I play again because it was always so tricky uh, playing with other guys and I'm sure there was also somehow a part of me that wanted to react the earlier part of my life as being as a guy, so I want, didn't want to be like surrounded by other cis men, sort of. I, I'm not sure how mm-hmm. to explain it, mm-hmm. but it, it, sort, it sort of felt uh, important to me to be surrounded by people that felt home or close to me in that way. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know if this is exactly what you were getting at, you know, and I don't, I don't want to imply that it was or put, you know, put words in anybody's mouth. But I specifically know that, like me, me personally, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not ever extremely like, um, when it's like, uh, even if it's like my one of my good friends, you know, I sometimes I just feel like there's something that clicks in my head almost like just when i don't know it feels like uh like almost like a survival instinct or something to just let myself shift a little more in one way or another like depending on who i'm around like not not like uh, in a like oh like they're like this person or they're like that person depending on who they're around not like that but like i just feel subtle changes in my demeanor or the way that i react to things and i don't feel necessarily like a hundred percent like comfortable you know like with certain types of you know people versus other types of people you know and yeah. and and it's it's um i don't know if that's what you were trying to say like when you said like that yeah, it, I would say it reminded something in that way yeah you, you just said like it reminded you of how you know you used to 
feel or identify or whatever. And that that's what that's what clicked where I, you know, I was thinking like, yes, like sometimes like depending on and I mean that's the reason reason why I use like the terms like like a like a subconscious like survival mechanism or something. It's just like, you know, we you just it you know, like it's around some people when there's just sort of like this male, like macho kind of air, then you don't, yeah. you, you can't let certain parts of yourself like out, you know, because no, exactly. you feel like you're, you're protecting yourself, even though you might not be conscious of it. You know, you're just like, you're always walking that line um, or, or, or something. I mean, I don't know. That's the way you know, I felt at times. Um, yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. I would say, uh, yeah, I would say it's really about that. Like, around certain people, it's like you have to hold up your guard or how you would mm -hmm. say, like, you can't be your true self or you wouldn't be comfortable be just being you, not being, not having to worry like this is me and this is how I am uh, and not trying to f be afraid to be some someone uh, like you don't want to feel that you're a person that you have to please others in that way like mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. not sure how yeah. to explain it yeah like like you you can be your whole self Instead of just like exactly. a part of yourself, you know, you can only let so exactly. much out. You can let all of yourself out. But yeah. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so it seems like it was kind of hard for you to find people for, for a little bit to like fill yeah. out the rest of the band. Um, yeah. And I think that's like, that's, you know, that's an obstacle that like a lot of people, they, you know, they end up like having to make compromises and stuff. But um, in the end, like, you know, you were able to find people and to play with. And um, how do you think that made you like, or, or, or did you feel like that made you able to express yourself in like ways that you weren't able to before? Yes, I would say like when it finally felt right, uh, it, it sort of affected me in a way where I could actually, yeah, express myself more fully uh, in in like the very best way of myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you were, and into language you were like or or are um, the main vocalist, right? Exactly. Okay, I I thought so, but I I also forgot that you weren't the main vocalist in the last band but um uh was, so no, was this your... for two, two language i ended up learning how to sing and play guitar at the same time <laughs> right yeah <that's... laughs> because you, you know i'm not sure if everyone would agree with this but like i always felt like uh, the more people you are in a band the more troublesome it can get to get along with everyone mm -hmm. so and i and i always had like the idea that it would be just so cool to just have a, a three-part band where there's just guitar, bass, and drums, mm -hmm. and one of the one person doing vocals at the same time as they're playing something else. Mm -hmm. So why not me? <laughs> yeah. So was this your first? <clears throat> was this your first time writing like extensive amounts of lyrics as well, or or had you always been kind of a writer or? No, I started writing lyrics um, at this point because I'd never really done it before. So yeah, it was a starting point for that as well. Yeah. Did you find did you find it easy because you like had years of experiences to just be like, oh, I can finally say this, or did you find it hard because you're like, well, I don't know where to start? Uh, I always think it's a, it's a weird process to do lyrics for me. And everyone has their own kind of process how to do this. But I think lyrics are really the hardest part of doing music because 
I never have issues doing like the instrumental stuff because uh, yeah, I pretty much uh, do all the instrumental stuff, and then I feel okay. This song is done. Now I want to do the lyrics, <laughs> uh-huh. and then you have to find a way to. Yeah, sort of think out a, a good theme to write about and make it work together with that song <laughs> with all parts and timings and stuff mm-hmm. yeah I, I always have the like I think my biggest problem usually is because at this point I've wrote uh, I've, I've written um, so many like sets of lyrics for different projects that I am just like here I am singing about how much I fucking hate capitalism again. Like I feel, <laughs> like I feel like I'm, I, I'm like what, you know, what's a new take on this? But um, so I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm jealous of like, you know, of people who who get to do these things, you know, for the first time again, and it's it's really cool to hear <laughs> how people, you know, get started uh, on this. And everything as well. Um, so, how? Um, so, once you were all ready to uh, record the LP for "To Languish," how did y'all record that? And how did it differ from like what you were, you know, experiencing in other projects? Oh, that that was a completely different setup, or process compared to doing the previous records I did mm-hmm. because um, at this point I was like two language was still like a one person band at this time because mm-hmm. I didn't have like all the members but like yeah I had friends filling in for me doing like shows and stuff yeah, so it's not where the part where I found all the yeah the final members for the band so at this point um, when I was doing my first tour to get with the uh, language uh, I did like half the tour together with a uh, with a Canadian band called the ultimate screamo band <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh, and they had a, a driver from Ger- Germany it's called Fabi uh, and he I got really close to him and felt really comfortable together with him and he was actually having a studio of his own that he was working full-time with in Bremen, uh, Sunsetter Studio. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Uh, so when I sort of had like a full list of songs that I was finished with, I just felt like, yeah, I want to do this. But uh, yeah, so I asked Fabi if, can we sort of can it would how would it sound like if I recorded my album at your place? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I told him that I would do like all this stuff by myself. Okay, so do yeah. Um, so you you played all the instruments on the LP? Yeah, I did everything for the record. Okay. Do um, do you play the drums as well, or were that was that like programmed or? Uh, the drums were programmed, but I wrote okay. uh, all the drum parts for it. Right, right. I was going to say, I, w- I missed a big part where you like start- got like really good at drums somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, let's go back to that. Because, yeah, the drums on that are, are really nice and really tight. But, um, yeah, uh, well, let's, since the drums are programmed, let's like walk through a little bit. How did you learn how to do that? Yeah. How to do drums? Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm the worst at playing drums in real life, I would say. <laughs> uh-huh. But I sort of got the idea of how people play drums, and I know what kind of stuff I like on the drums. So I sort of, over the years, figuring out how to write the drums myself to like for the right songs for myself. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm did, not sure. <laughs> um, now, when you did the record, and all the drums are programmed, so <clears throat> when you go to the studio, do you have 
like all the drums are done, you're like, this is my drum file, and then you record yeah. everything over it? Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if that was also something that was part of the process. Like you went there and you're like, okay, now we program the drums and, and then no. like you make tweaks or, so you went in and you're like, this is the drum file. And then they kind of like, um, uh, did like a, like a really nice mix on them. So then you can like have the best version to start recording the guitars and stuff. Exactly. I was like working extensively, like for, I would say several months to just do the drums the perfect mm-hmm. way. I'd say it takes a lot of tweaking oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and yeah. small stuff to figure out what's the best way, how to do, do everything around it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you, you go and you, and you, um, you know, you obviously like laid the, the, the guitars down and the bass down separately. Um, so what was it like when you're doing the vocals for this album versus before? Uh, were you pretty comfortable in what you were doing at this point? Or was because so much of the spotlight was on you, was it, were you back to square one? Uh, I would say like, yeah, it was a super exhausting experience to record everything by myself because like it takes takes a lot of time and effort to record a full album even if it's doing uh, doing all the takes so I, we, I think we had a bit over a week of time to do this and I was like trying to start doing the vocals when we had like all the bass and the guitars and pretty much all uh, done and there was only the vocals left um yeah i my body was thought of uh, i was just too drained to you're be just able like no <clears throat> no my body body couldn't do this yeah. i was doing two songs of vocals and then my chords sort of fucked up and i couldn't do it anymore yeah <clears throat> yeah i mean it, so, it, um... so we just so we decided that i would uh, record like yeah, the vocals separately uh, back home in Sweden after that. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, <clears throat> I was just going to say, it really is like, you know, you said you said it's exhausting, and I mean, it really is, because like you, like when you're recording with bands before, and it's a whole band, and you're doing a recording, uh, so you, you do the stuff that you're supposed to do, and then other another member of the band has stuff that they're supposed to do. So you take a break, you go, you get a lunch somewhere, you know, you come back and then they're done. And then maybe somebody else has something to do. And then, or maybe you just go somewhere else and chill out for a minute. But like when you're doing it all yourself and then, especially if you're on some kind of timeline and then you're like, okay, well, I, um, I finished the guitars and, then maybe yeah you have a sandwich or something but then you just like you're right back at it 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 does get like really exactly all yeah. all the responsibilities in just you you can't ask anyone else to do it <laughs> yeah yeah it gets uh it gets to be a lot and um yeah i don't know i i've even like i'll i'll tr- i'll track I'll track drums and then like immediately start doing like scratch guitars so I don't like um forget where I how I wanted to change things or pace things or I I just need to put something here so I don't forget something or whatever. And um and I'm I'm just like physically exhausted. I'm like I just played drums like all day and now I'm trying to like do yeah. this other thing and your ears are fried and I don't know. But um, in the long run, you know, uh, you ended up recording vocals and then sending them in. So, like, was were you able to just like, like, was that really good for you to just be able to do it on your own pace and then send them over? And um, do you feel like that helped you, like, or or did did it make? Or did it did it hurt? Do you think? Because I mean, I guess it could. Like, if you were like, "Well, uh, now I don't have to rush." Like, that might be like 
you know, sometimes that might be like, it might be easy for you to be like, let it take too long or something. I don't know. Like, which would. No, uh, I would say like, um, it was not bad that uh-huh. we did it separately, uh-huh. but I, I would have preferred that I was able to do it uh, at Fabi's place. But like, in the end, I think it was good that I did it separately so I could do it like from a, a standpoint where I was not exhausted, uh-huh. I was not tired. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I was like, now I'm well rested, I'm fit for this. And like, yeah, when I actually uh, recorded the vocals, I did it at the friend actually that uh, recorded the Vivre Savi uh, recording. Oh, okay. So he helped me do the vocal, record the vocals, and I was able to like, yeah, I did it in in one afternoon together with him. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because I was just gonna, I like when you said like you did them, I immediately got in my head that you were doing them at like your practice space or something, and I was, I was gonna ask like, do you feel like, <clears throat> I mean, either way though, do you feel like having a little bit of time from between the album was fully done and then doing the vocals a little bit later do you feel like that allowed you to like really fine-tune what you were going to do and like just be fully prepared to just go for it yeah i would say it actually helped in some way because it made me end up doing like redoing all the vocals, like all the lyrics for for the record. Oh, really? <laughs> so I actually I actually faster myself when I came home from Germany after recording at Fab. It's like, I'm not happy with the lyrics. They're crap. I'm, I'm going to re- remake them. <laughs> uh-huh. so, I, so I would say it, this time between doing like the instrumental parts and the vocal parts helped me to get some perspective and I wanted to make the very best of it. And I've, I think I'm much more proud of the, the lyrics I ended up writing in the end rather than the ones I initially wrote. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so uh, are you, like at this point, are you currently working on like more two-language stuff or are you like focusing on other parts of your life um, you know, like yeah, uh, uh, actually, uh, we're sort of written like a second LP already. I think we have like nineteen or twenty songs that are pretty much finished, but instrumentally at least, <laughs> but <Wow>. not vocal-wise. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after I finished doing the first record, I've been like working constantly to do like a second record. And I've written so many songs that I've just thrown away because I wasn't happy about it. But I ended up with, yeah, sort of, I would say almost 20 new songs. And um, um, among that, there are certainly like 40 songs that I've thrown away or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing that when, uh, you know, when you're able to, um, obviously like it's really difficult to try to figure out how to accomplish a lot of things with everything that's going on right now but um yeah i'm really looking forward to that um is there anything else that you wanted to chat about before um before we take off here Hmm, i'm not sure Like I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Like it's really rough for a lot of people to find inspiration or stay positive in times of this. And I've been like struggling a lot recently, person on a personal level, with like finding motivation and all kinds of stuff because uh, I've been having some like personal medical issues. Mm-hmm. So I haven't like had. A, biggest motivation to keep it up with music like latest months mm-hmm. because uh, I got a kind of heavy diagnosis uh, on me that was given to me like in November so it's been kind of hard to process from there and I'm like 
still, I'm not sure how to say it, but like you're sort of grieving a bit that you have to face this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I hope with time, uh, not just me, but like everyone will see that there's, there will be better times from all of this because I'm sure like things will get lighter in the end. And that was my conversation with Yona Weiberg. Thank you so much, Yona, for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks also to everyone listening, and especially to those who support us on Patreon. I'll be using those funds to pay the yearly podcast hosting fees. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon, go to patreon.com slash middleman records. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>